Welcome to The Hold Room with ACC, a quick update on all things relating to airport development as well as the Airport Consultants Council. Hello and thank you for joining us. We are here today at the 2023 ACC and AAAE Symposium in Anaheim, California and interviewing people throughout the day to see what kind of changes they're making to their airports for diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility and the changing demographic or other ideas that they've seen throughout the day. So thank you very much for joining us today. Hi, my name is Cole Hartfield. I work for the Sacramento County Department of Airports. I'm a senior airport planner there. I'm excited to tell you about the customer experience at Sacramento that we're trying to improve for those with low visibility or no visibility at all. So there's a program that we just recently subscribed to. It's called IRA, A-I-R-A, and we're really excited about it. We brought the community in to test drive it, to roll through. One of the things we had heard was getting to different areas that have ADA compliance may be difficult for those of low vision, mostly because how do they know where the placards on the wall are in the first place? So one of the things that we use IRA for, it's a program where the airport pays for it and then allows the users to be able to access it by connecting with someone who is there live. So they have a live representative through IRA that we pay for through the system, it's an annual subscription, and they can hold their phone up, whoever this is, low vis, no vis, or even someone with difficulty hearing, they can still take their phone and hold it out and it uses their camera to show the operator where they are. So then the operator can give them directions as to how to get through the airport from the moment they arrive within our sphere of, I think it's our wireless network. Once they hit that, they can subscribe. They don't have to even subscribe. They can just call in, get it, and then go all the way from curb to gate. And it's really exciting because that's something we needed to bring to our customers for a long time. And it's just showing some way that Sacramento is trying to build and grow with our community moving forward, especially with any of our expansions coming up. So how are you implementing this? For example, how are you, if somebody comes to your airport, how are they going to know that this service even exists? Right, so on our website, we do have our accessibility options available. And on there, they should be able to find the knowledge behind that. It'll let them know, hey, this is where you can find it. And so definitely check that out, smf.arrow, there's a plug. That's for our international airport. We don't quite have it at our other three airports at the moment, but at least for the customer's experience, SMF, Sacramento International Airport, they'll be able to utilize that. Thank you. Hi, my name is Tambry Moten. I'm the Houston Airport's Accessibility Manager. Glad to be here. We're so happy to have you. <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in airports that's really cool for DIA. If you're seeing any changes or have anything upcoming that you're thinking of for addressing change in demographics, anything along those lines would be great. Well, I really feel like the role that I do at the airport as an accessibility manager is expanding our reach when it comes to our customers. I'm seeing a lot more travelers with disabilities through our terminals and being able to provide better amenities to them, it means that there's going to be a lot more coming. Some of the things that we plan to create are sensory rooms. I know that we just did all of our service animal relief areas, so customers that are traveling with their service animals, they don't have to go 
out of the security area. They can stay inside the terminals and make sure that their service animal is good to go. For those with intellectual and developmental disabilities or low vision, they can use our iris service. And then for mothers, lactating mothers, we have nursing facilities that are very, very comfortable. I'm also a nursing mother, so I remember when I was traveling to go see my dad, I also use our nursing rooms and they're super comfortable. So I just feel like the different steps and amenities that we're adding to our airport, they make it to where we can welcome everybody into the airport. So mothers that are nursing, aging populations, by making sure that the ramps and things like that are accessible so the wheelchair service providers can do their jobs, service animals can come through. I'm super excited for us to create those sensory rooms because I feel like those that are a neurodivergent and have autism, they'll be also welcomed into the airports and find that comfortable space and being able to access travel. One other one is a companion care facility for those that need to use a universal design changing table throughout their flight. We have that at Hobby Airport and then we're also planning in our new terminal to incorporate a companion care room and it'll have a universal design table so those that have larger children that no longer fit on the baby changing table they don't have to put them on the floor they can put them on the universal design table and it just makes it to where they can travel with dignity and I feel like that's also an important part of DEI is just making sure that you're including everybody and their experiences dignified. Yeah, absolutely. And especially for things like actually getting people out to travel who may not because of exactly that those restrictions that are in place that otherwise make it either impossible or extremely uncomfortable to travel. So that's really cool. And I think at the session this morning, you had mentioned a couple of resources that people can use. I don't know if you wanted to mention a couple of the ACRP manuals or some of the other resources that you had included. Yeah, so when I stepped into this role, I think probably about three years ago, I think one of the first places that I was looking was, of course, like the FAA. There's advisory circulars that are available that talk about wayfinding and signage, how to properly design restrooms, service animal relief areas, and also the lactation rooms. And I feel like those are very helpful to design firms and professionals in construction. And then another uh, resource that I looked at was the transportation transportation research board. So they have the airport cooperative research program where there's a lot of different studies that are done. I think the one that I was on, I think it was 210, and we talked about just increasing accessibility in the airport. But there are many others. I think the best way is to look at the different functions of the airport. And in some of those manuals or reports, they do incorporate accessibility and have some lessons that can be learned and some examples. And the examples they start from even like rental car facility all the way to the gate so I know that I looked at resources in regards to our curbside and how to properly do the loading and unloading for travelers that's a revision that I know that we're gonna need to do coming up and then just making even the ticket counter is accessible. Making them an accessible height, a universal design height, is something that I know was also covered. And you can see what other airports have done. One of the points that I wrote about in my presentation is that when it comes to accessibility, it's about community and collaboration. And there's no shame in you reaching out to other airports and finding out you know, what type of amenities that they're providing to customers with disabilities and seeing if you can emulate those things because it just makes 
makes our airports more accessible. It makes travel more accessible for everyone if we just you know work together and create those options. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Hello world, this is Shri. I'm the CEO over at Conoco. I've been asked to talk a little bit today about changing future of airports and how we're doing more to be accommodating, be inclusive, make sure that the facilities are accessible for everybody. You know, one cool thing that I do see changing is that it's in the conversation. Before, you know, the spotlight wasn't really on this stuff, but people were still needing to get around. People were still wanting to be included. So especially with, you know, Conoco being an MBE and my background coming up in the industry, sometimes I didn't see people like me in leadership positions and things like that. So it's really cool that they're focused on panels here at the symposium or we're seeing them more, you know, on posts in LinkedIn or they're being elevated to leadership positions at airports. I think that's really cool. You know, I really like the partnerships that are going on more and more. Even just like we heard in the opening session today, people are saying, where can I get the right knowledge for this? They're not saying, okay, cool, I won this contract at this airport. You know, we're going to modernize the terminal. Uh, we're going to pull a set of plans off the shelf for terminal modernization. They're saying, let's include some other voices in the conversation and see, are we designing this for the target audience? Is this going right? All that kind of stuff. So I think there are some cool changes there. There are uh, a lot more things happening, too, in terms of looking at the future. We're talking, sure, about maybe the population demographics are changing and stuff like that, but I'm hearing people look beyond that. Not just one particular age group, right, or one particular mobility group. How do we just make the facility usable for everybody? Totally everybody. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, one of the cool things about the panel this morning was just even talking about outlets, right? Yeah. Why are outlets on the floor when they should be somewhere when you're sitting chest height, somewhere that people can walk up, that children, nobody has to crawl on the floor. This is for everybody, right? It doesn't exclude anyone. This applies to everyone. Well, and generally, too, you know, I hope some of these things move beyond airports. There's nothing worse than being at a conference like this and you go into a meeting room and there are four outlets, but they're all like under the carpet. And somehow you're expected to get down there and put them in. So I do hope that some of these changes move beyond airports. We do have the ability because airports see such a diverse demographic of people. The airport industry has the chance to lead some of the change on this stuff. How is it that we integrate all these kinds of things? There is some work to be done still, as I think everyone's aware. But especially when it comes to acknowledging, recognizing our own limitations, we don't ever want to say, hey, we've got all the answers. Hey, we started this conversation. We're the experts on this now, right? So it's very important for us to keep an open mind, I guess. We want to make sure that we're never making an assumption. Even after we've collected some of the information, we don't want to think we have all of it. And they touched on this a little bit in the panel, but thinking of, or at least talking about and trying to think of everything. You know, for me personally, I'm very seriously introverted. I don't like talking to people. Being around people is very draining for me. And I, when I say that to people, they don't guess that, right? But that's something about me that I change a little bit when I'm out in public. And so there might be people who they're affected by something, but it's not as visible. And so we want to make sure that we accommodate those people too, because not everyone talks about stuff. Not everything is evident. And we want to make sure that 
inclusivity doesn't just mean what we can see, what we can point out, right? Yes, absolutely. And that brought about another good point of the invisible disabilities and people who you wouldn't necessarily guess from looking at them that there was something that um, that is challenging to them. Right. And so, yeah, no, those are all really awesome points. Thank you very much, Sri. Yeah, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Hey there, this is Carrie with the Passenger Experience Subcommittee. I am here with Eric Lipp, who is part of an organization called Open Doors that's based out of Illinois. All right, well, thanks. <laughs> what I see right now is I see airports all across the country stepping in and saying, you know, the airport reflects our community. So, for instance, wheelchair service. A lot of times wheelchair service is only required from entry door of the airport to the gate. Mm-hmm. But there's rental car facilities, there's other places to go. And I see airports are now saying, hey, we don't want to leave people stranded and make them walk. We're going to contract the rest of the way where the airports don't have it. So there's transportation like in Minnesota and in Washington, Seattle, Washington, where you can get to your car, even to the parking lot. In Phoenix, you can request wheelchair service from the parking lot. So if you park your car, you hit a button, you make a call, and somebody brings the wheelchair to you. And I think what happens is a lot of times airports have always gotten a lot of complaints about wheelchair service. And because of that, they've started to say, hey, that's reflecting on our community. And we don't want that anymore. Milwaukee's another really good airport. And the new design and construction, long distances for a small airport is being taken into consideration because you have older population traveling, they don't want to walk as long. And if you make a long distance, you don't have a people mover, it's harder on the wheelchair pushers. You might have to have cart service, which means you have to have wider aisles. So things like that all being considered. So I do, I see airports getting involved because they want to be part of the experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the experience yeah. of, of the whole travel. Like, welcome to our town. This is the first thing you see. And then what have I seen or am I doing in the DEIA? Well, I'll say one of the coolest things we're doing is one of the carriers is actually building their headquarters, a new headquarters, and they're considering DEIA into it. Meaning like from the very beginning, they're considering all diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility, Everything's there from the beginning down to the colors on the walls and the artwork that's going to be in there and the physical location of the building. So that's some of the things we're working on. Also in DEI, a lot of airports right now are starting to have DEI components. It's kind of new, right? All of a sudden you got a, you know, somebody whose job is DEI and they're not necessarily sure what to do. We kind of help out because it's a new thing. We're helping out bringing you know, diversity, equity, inclusion into aviation because it's not really been there for a long time. Yeah, it's almost a cultural shift. We have to acknowledge this, we can't ignore it. It is a cultural shift, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't ignore it. And again, that reflects your community as well, right? Yeah. By hiring people who live close by, who, who work in your community, who look like people who live in your communities. That's, you know, talk like they're, you know, they have the same accent as everybody from New York or Wisconsin. Or yeah. it might be, right. It brings that kind of welcoming experience to the whole thing. And, you know, the old saying, people buy from people that look like them. So the more diversity we see at the airport, more people will feel comfortable being there. What airport do you think has really led the way on DEI? So internationally, I think right now, Istanbul is leading the way. But here in the United States, i got to be honest with you, I see so much 
good stuff going on. I'm not, I hate to give anybody too much accolade because I'm missing somebody. Like I just learned yesterday that Fort Wayne, Indiana has so much accessibility I didn't know about. So I can't leave them off from what I heard, but I haven't been there yet. Tulsa, I see Seattle, Minneapolis, Miami, Houston airport system. Yeah. A lot of airports are doing a lot. And the New York airports, New York, New Jersey Port Authority, they have accessibility and universal design in all the new construction. Yeah, and they have a lot going on over there. A lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for letting us take your time today. All right. Thanks for joining us in The Hold Room for this special podcast series exploring the new passenger experience. You can find more from this series on the ACC Training Hub. That's training.acconline.org backslash the-hold-room or wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. Follow us for more content from the Airport Consultants Council. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating or review and by telling your friends and colleagues about the podcast. Thanks again.